The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Tuesday, the 31st of January in London. Coming up today... Banking a bigger profit, UBS goes on a share-buying binge as earnings beat estimates. An unwanted Brexit dividend, Bloomberg Economics says that leaving the EU is costing the UK £100 billion a year. A brighter global picture, the IMF raises its growth forecast for the first time in a year. Scrapping EU legislation, counting the cost of a new build and the London Mayor presses ahead with ULEZ. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers and I'm Leanne. Garens. Plus the high price of Musk's Twitter interest, social media firm makes its first $300 million payment after Elon's debt-fueled buyout. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. This morning, UBS says it plans to buy back more than $5 billion in stock this year after posting better than expected results for the final three months of 2022. The bank reported net income for the fourth quarter of $1.65 billion. That's a beat on the analyst estimate of just under $1.3 billion. In a bullish assessment of the results, UBS CEO Ralph Harmer said the bank's performance proves that the their strategy is the right one. And they're not the only bank reporting today, Carol. No, absolutely. We're just, uh, we've had our results from Swedbank. Fourth quarter net interest income is a beat. 10.92 billion Swedish krona estimates had been for 9.48 billion. Swedbank's a full year dividend per share at 9.75 Swedish krona. So that's actually slightly below estimates. And then Unicredit boosting 2022 investor returns to 5.2 billion euros. Their fourth quarter net income Income 2.46 billion euros. That is a big beat on the estimated 1.03 billion. Of course, at Unicredit had been in focus. The chief executive officer, Andrea Orsell, had told Bloomberg just earlier this month that investors could expect higher payouts. So, those results from Unicredit. For now, the IMF's latest economic forecast is only one G7 economy in recession this year. Britain. Ewan Potts has more. The International Monetary Fund says the UK will be bottom of the class this year. In its latest forecast, the IMF says Britain will be the only G7 economy to shrink in 2023, contracting by 0.6%. It says higher taxes and interest rates, along with government spending restraint, will exacerbate pressures on the cost of living. Taken together, that saw the IMF downgrade its outlook by a massive nine-tenths of a percentage point from its forecast just three months ago. 
Separately, new analysis has found that Brexit is costing the UK economy £100 billion a year, some 4% of GDP. The report by Bloomberg Economics says the effects span everything from business investment to the ability of companies to hire workers. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Well, that may be the picture in the UK, but there's better news globally. The International Monetary Fund has raised its economic outlook for the first time in a year. The IMF is now forecasting global growth of 2.9% for the year. That's up two-tenths of 1% on previous expectations. But Chief Economist Pierre-Olivier Gorinchas says that inflation is still a major concern. The worry is more with what we call core inflation that excludes energy and, and food prices that are typically more volatile. And this core inflation measures have shown more persistent and they have not peaked yet in many countries and they are still far away from central bank targets. So the job is not done. So the job not done, the IMF's cautious optimism contrasts with a more dire view from the World Bank. The development lender slashed its growth forecast for most countries and regions earlier this month. The sell-off in the Adani Group shares has continued today amid allegations of market manipulation. The embattled group has now seen some $74 billion wiped off its value in a single week. The rout comes as Adani seeks to complete a multi-billion dollar share sale at its flagship firm, Bloomberg Markets reporter Annabel Druller says there are signs it's not going as planned. Adani Group has really been stuck relying on its existing investors and a big portion of that is actually coming from the UAE because we have International Holding Co which is controlled by a key member of the Emirates Royal Family. It's going to be investing about $400 million in the share sale so that represents about 16% of the offering. Annabel Drulers says that all eyes are now on the final outcome of this fundraising. Gautam Adani has now slipped out of the world's top 10 richest people, according to Bloomberg's Billionaires Index. And finally, Twitter has made its first interest payment uh, of the $12.5 billion loan that was taken out uh, by Elon Musk to help with the takeover of the social media firm. Paying the estimated $300 million loan instalment was seen as a key test for the firm after owner Elon Musk warned that the company could go bankrupt. Since his purchase, Twitter has failed to pay millions of dollars in rent, though, and has been sued by multiple contractors over unpaid services. So those are our top stories this morning. Um, I have to say, looking around the economic news this morning, it's not a great day to be Britain, is it? Uh, no, the only G7 country to shrink this year, terrible. Um, also, not only is the outlook uh, slashed a massive nine-tenths of 1% from the October forecast, but also the IMF sees a slower recovery in 2024. So basically two really bleak years for Britain, overall stagnation. Jeremy Hunt, who is in this building on Friday to deliver a kind of big economic address, he suggested that the UK is going to do better than the IMF expectations. But no, it's not It's not a particularly strong picture for Britain. And then to look add to that, the Bloomberg Economics report yes. about the cost of Brexit, £100 billion a year. It's a very stark figure. You know, 4%, the economy is 4%, our economists estimate, than it might have been. That's due to business investment, lagging worker or lagging supply of workers right. in the UK People. as well. So, I mean, Look, it's it's not it's not a great picture to be waking up to uh, this morning. Certainly from the um, economic point of view. However, if you are looking to go on holidays, <laughs> <laughs> things are looking a bit brighter because there are more airlines. Airlines are now being told they have to use their their slots, the landing right. slots they have at airports in the UK. They had been given some flexibility on the rules during the pandemic. So that means that there will be the possibility for airlines to 
schedule more flights this summer. Okay. Perhaps we'll avoid travel chaos this summer. Yeah, That'd well, maybe nice. you need to get away after that terrible <laughs> news we've just delivered to you. Uh, but look, the other thing that I've picked out from the Bloomberg Terminal this morning that you must read, I learned so much from Mihir Sharma, Bloomberg Opinion columnist, senior fellow at the Observer uh, Research Foundation in New Delhi, about what is happening in India with the Adani issue. His columns, he points out that for many in India, it's actually less about where the money for Adani investments comes from and much more about whether they succeed in building these ports and airports and roads and railways that Adani Group has sort of specialised in. I do encourage you to read the columns that he's got out on the terminal. They'll give you great insight into what's happening in India. Yeah, and certainly and where Adani sits within the sort of Indian yes. psyche as well as, yeah. as being this great hope for, for so many areas of the economy. So yeah, definitely a fascinating read on the terminal. Coming up next, scrapping EU legislation, counting the cost of a new build, and London's mayor presses ahead with... Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. Hi, I'm Ron Krzyzewski, Chairman and CEO of Stiefel. Financial advisors, if you're not growing your practice, you're losing market share. Stiefel is a growing, entrepreneurial, advisor-centric firm built for successful advisors like you. Imagine having the resources of the largest wirehouses and the support of the boutique shops, but none of the bureaucracy to get in the way of you serving your clients. At Stiefel, it's your business, your book, your clients. I always tell the advisors we're recruiting, I want you to come to Stiefel and double or triple your business. Most of them laugh and shake their heads, but I'm serious. Don't take it from me. Take it from Stiefel's number one finish in J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. Financial Advisor Satisfaction Study. So, there's a reason why 148 financial advisors joined Stiefel last year. Come join us and find out why Stiefel is the firm where success meets success. Visit www.choosestifel.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. You, Les. Now, the paper review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. And joining us now is Bloomberg's Leanne Gerrans to go through the newspapers, starting with the Financial Times, which has the headline, The UK Review of EU Laws Expanded After a Thousand Pieces of Legislation added. So this is about oh, this phrase, bonfire of legislation, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed, Caroline. And three years on from Brexit and the government's plan to review and revoke all these EU laws by the end of this year has now clearly become even tougher. The FT says a discovery of another 1,000 pieces of EU legislation that were found in the National Archives have now been added to this massive pile that needs 
needs to be looked over and analysed. The plan is to review so much law so quickly. This is attracting mm. fierce, fierce criticism, but from lots of different places. So from business groups, legal experts, trade unions, and even environmental groups. So widespread criticism there. However, the government standing firm says a review process will maximise the benefits of Brexit and test opportunities for reform. And I just want to point to one thing in the paper article today. It says a new Ipsos Mori poll found that 45% of people across Britain thought Brexit was going to be worse than they expected. Now, that's up from 28% in June 2021. So it looks like attitudes are changing too. Yeah, certainly. And that's something we've seen bearing out in polling for for months now and a really interesting aspect of the the attitudes to Brexit at the moment. Let's turn to the Telegraph next, Leanne. It says homeowners lose £22,000 as one in eight new built homes resold for a loss. I'm sorry if you're listening to this and you did buy a new home, but homeowners are twice as likely to resell new build homes at a loss and that's compared with older homes and this is all according to data from the estate agents Hamptons data shows that 81% of new build owners who made a loss were actually selling a flat and the average loss was £22,000 and I hear everyone out there asking why and that's because as Paula Higgins, founder of the Homeowners Alliance Lobby Group says developers sell new builds at a massive mm. premium and then all of a sudden they become in line with the area plus the government's help to buy scheme clearly also inflated the price of flats Hampton says new build flats soared 55% that's over half since the scheme came in back in 2013. Yeah and it wasn't as if people didn't warn that actually tinkering again with kind of an incentive to buy support for first time buyers wasn't just going to put put prices up there's the evidence i thought think that's a really interesting piece on the telegraph just finally this is so controversial in london i dare not speak its name ulez the guardian the london mayor vows to press ahead with ulez the ultra low emission zone plan at the launch of a scrappage scheme And it's also divisive in our office today. We mentioned it and I feel like the debate went on and on. So Sadiq Khan is insisting this plan will go ahead in August, despite opposition, Caroline and Stephen, from councils and the public. Four London boroughs have actually threatened legal action. Yesterday, the London mayor said he was confident of defending any court case brought against the ULES plans as he launched the scrappage scheme for polluting vehicles. The ultra-low emission zone is going to be expanded to the Greater London boundary and that's going to be happening in August. So the battle for clean air continues. Leanne Gerrans, thank you very much. Now there are encouraging signs in much of the global economy according to the IMF. Bloomberg's Richard Salamat caught up with the fund's chief economist Pierre-Olivier Gorincha to ask him about their forecast. We are looking at is what effectively is going to be still a challenging year. I mean, what we're projecting for 2023 is 2.9% growth, then rebounding to 3.1 in 2024. These are still relatively low growth numbers for the global economy, well below what we averaged uh, from 2000 to 2019, for instance. But still, it's an upgrade compared to what we were expecting back in October. And this is due to resilience, resilience, resilience. 
We've had more resilient households in the U.S. and businesses as well. We've had resilience to the energy crisis in Europe. A lot of economies have done better than was initially expected. Labor markets have been very, very tight in many emerging and advanced economies as well. And then in addition to all this, you have the reopening of the Chinese economy that is promising to give a boost to global uh, activity in uh, uh, 2023. Now, that resilience, Pierre-Olivier, you know, is making the job of central bankers perversely harder here. Uh, what's your take? Well, there is a little bit of good news on the inflation front, but we should not exaggerate it. So what we are seeing is that global inflation, headline inflation, has peaked already in 2022 and is coming down in the vast majority of countries. The worry is more with what we call core inflation that excludes energy and, and food prices are typically more volatile. And this core inflation measures have shown more persistent and they have not peaked yet in many countries and they're still far away from central bank targets. So the job is not done. And you are right to point out that more resilience on activity could mean more price pressures, could mean that it's harder for central banks to bring down inflation to target, and therefore they might need to do more. I think that uh, uh, your boss, uh, Christina, Kristalina Georgieva, has said, of course, the, the uh, COVID, should I say, the post-COVID zero uh, China is going to perhaps be one of the impetuses for growth, as you've just alluded to. But it also could be uh, the next sort of inflation headache as well. Well, certainly as the Chinese economy reopens, that's going to put pressure on a number of uh, primary commodities markets, energy markets, etc. But let's keep in mind that even with that China's reopening, we are grading China quite a bit. We are projecting 5.2% growth in 2023. That's a 0.8 percentage point upward revision uh, for China for, for this year. Still, the global economy is slowing down. And, and in terms of the overall demand for energy and, uh, uh, and commodities, that is really what is going to be uh, the driving force. So China is doing better, but the global economy is still cooling off. And in our projections, we are factoring in that we anticipate, we expect prices of energy and, uh, and other commodities to actually decline uh, through the year. Now, you've also highlighted that the risks do remain to the downside. Why? Well, I've mentioned already that we are far from having won the fight against inflation. There could be a lot more persistence in inflation. We've had a few good prints. It's encouraging. It's in the right direction. But let's not think that somehow the job is done. Far from it. There could be price pressures. There could be uh, wage pressures. There could be an escalation of the war in, in, in Ukraine that, again, uh, sends energy and, and commodity prices through the roof. So there are a number of factors that could complicate uh, the outlook in 2023. And that would make potentially uh, a recession more likely a global recession more likely may require more tightening by central bank. We could have also a tightening of financial conditions. So far, this has not happened too much, but this is a new environment. We have to be very vigilant in terms of the vulnerabilities in the financial markets, in the non-bank financial institutions, in the housing sector. This tightening of uh, policy rates by central bank is something that is really changing the environment here, and we have to be very careful. 
This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.